This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 183, where we're talking about Iron Fist, season 2, episode 9, War Without End. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. It is I, one of your hosts, Chris Jones, for Defenders TV Podcast, where we're talking today about the penultimate episode of Season 2 of Iron Fist, War Without End. I am joined by my fellow hosts. Yes, this is John, one of your other hosts. And I'm your final host, Derek. I cannot believe we're saying the words, the penultimate episode of Iron Fist already. That's amazing. On episode nine. <sighs> just because of the word penultimate or just... <laughs> <laughs> no, we've said that word, word before. <laughs> we've said that word before. No, I'm just I'm just shocked we're almost at the end of the season of Iron Fist already. Yeah, we want four more. We want four more. Mm-hmm. We want three more because we know <laughs> we've got one coming. True. Yes. <laughs> Let's just jump into it. If you're joining us for the first episode because you just want to listen to the last two episodes of our review, sure, why not? Don't forget you can get access to all of our back catalogue and everything in between over at our website at DefendersTVPodcast.com or you can join us on one of our social channels by going over to, for example, join our group at Facebook.com slash groups slash DefendersTVPodcast. We have a load of spoiler posts for each individual review, so just make sure that you read the pinned post so that you know exactly where to put all your thoughts and stuff. Or if you want to get your own dulcet tones over on our podcast for tell us what you think of the episode 10 or the season as a whole, go over to the website DefendersTVPodcast.com and leave us a voicemail of up to 90 seconds and we will include it in our wrap-up review. Without further ado, because I know this is going to cause a war without end. Gentlemen, let's get into this episode. Mm -hmm. Derek, do you want to give us all the details of the backstory? Absolutely, yes. Uh, This episode, War Without End, is named after Power Man and Iron Fist, issue 83. Uh, This was a fantastic cover for this issue. This was an issue where Danny tries to defend a group being attacked and uh, gets beaten and sent to hospital, and Luke Cage has to step in to save him. So it is kind of similar to what's happening in this episode with Danny having to rely on his friends and the people around him to to help him uh, in this situation. So quite cool that we've got another comic book for inspiration again. Yeah, he's taking down Warhawk. Yes, in the comic, yeah. Not in the episode, but no. in the comic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us who directed and wrote this episode? Yep, this episode was directed by Sanford Bookstaver. Uh, first time on Marvel, but has worked on many other shows, stuff like uh, Chicago Fire and Graceland as well. Uh, and the episode was written by Daniel Satwick, again, another first-timer for Marvel. But he wrote, he was a writer on Graceland. He wrote about nine or ten episodes. So wondering if they came over together onto this project. Yeah. When I first saw these details, I was like, really, you're going to give your penultimate episode to, to newly minted director and a writer? I'm not giving away any kind of things here. But I uh, no, really, really enjoyed the style of cinematography, enjoyed the, the writing. Mm-hmm. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Davos challenges Joy's loyalty, and after pushing her off the balcony at his hideout, goes after the Golden Tigers, the Hatchets, and the Tibetan Singing Bowl at the Bayard Community Centre. Meanwhile, Colleen faces a life-changing decision as Danny tries to persuade her to take the Iron Fist from Davos. 
Colleen is reluctant to take on the responsibility of this mystical power. As they debate their next move, the Bayard Community Center is attacked by Davos and his followers. Colleen and Danny fend off and sedate Davos, preventing violence between him and the now unified triads. But in the fight, Bibi is killed by his former friends, which drives Colleen to take a more hands-on approach. They take an unconscious Davos back to the dojo, and the Crane sisters prepare Colleen for the transference ritual. But Davos wakes up halfway through and attempts to interrupt the ritual. As Danny leaps to defend Colleen Wing, she summons her own white iron fist. Ooh, wow. Fantastic. And I am dying to see where we get to on the the next episode. Mm -hmm. I just have this vision of all of a sudden we're going to see... Obviously, we see the white fist um, or whatever we end up calling Colleen. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the red fist in Davos and the Seal Serpent. But then I just have this vision of like them two fighting and then suddenly Danny jumping in to add like to save this killing blow and stopping Davos with the, the golden iron fist. And then we're just going to end up having this three way fight of fist versus fist versus fist. It's going to be brilliant because he, Davos has two. That's not fair. Uh-huh. But we're going to see Colleen has one. Anyway, that's enough of episode 10 speculation. Let's mm-hmm. move into our top five points for episode nine. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. First up, Joy's failure of vision. Mm. She just does not get it. Well, the first part is, yay, she's alive. Yes. I literally thought they had killed her off. Yeah. She's one of the strongest characters. My brain was just doing like mental calculations like a beautiful mind going, where are they going with this? How do they, if they can do that, then does that, does that, and then that, that, that. Luckily, she survives. Yeah. yeah. But her challenge to Davos in that, you could see the fear and then that flip of her going, yeah. no, no, no. He's going to try and kill me anyway. I need to make him feel weak. I was like, that is some strength. Yeah, it was really good. I loved that. Um I think there were two moments with that. Um her with Davos. You know, she she's trying to pull the wool over his eyes, but she I think she kind of knows that he knows and it's clear to Davos that she's the only one that let BB out. I mean, who else could it have been? And there's that moment where she realizes that actually there's nowhere to go now. Mm -hmm. And she effectively tells him that He's gone mental. I, I mean, I really like the the fact that she kind of says to him, what adult would follow you? It's why you have to hang around teenage boys uh-huh. because, you know, any adult will just see through the BS. Uh, really, really good, apart from sycophantic adults like Chen Wu. So, mm-hmm. you know, she sticks up for herself. And, I mean, that moment, like, it is really tense. You're kind of thinking... Because Davos is losing it, you know, he really is. And I was like, are we just going to see kind of like this red glow? And again, that sound of fist punching through gut or whatever. Um, and instead, he just decides to push her off. I'm really glad that she um, is still alive. But yeah. I think as well that you have that moment where she stands up to Chen Wu as well. You know, I mean, she goes... I will give you money. How much do you need? How much do you want? And this is where we get this revelation that Chen Wu 
has actually started to take in what Davos is selling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's changing and he says that, you know, there would have been a time where they were the magic words. That's all that needed to happen. And, you know, we do hear Chen Wu's side as well about, I was driving him around just to keep myself safe at mm-hmm. the start. And then now, you know, he's started to believe, but I, I do like Joy here standing up to him as well. Um, I thought that was really good. I, I think these two moments were, were really such a nice, uh, touch, really. You yeah. know, these two disciples of Davos, one of them has absolutely taken it all in, in Chen Wu. And Joy has realized that he is going nuts. You know, that Davos is, I mean, it's almost like he's breaking down a bit, actually. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's like the ticks and the strain that he has. Um, is just really amazing because it looks like he's trying to hold everything in and not just go because he's going absolutely <laughs> kind of crazy. You know, he's gone so fanatical. Everything is against him and everything is a threat and he is just too righteous for his own good. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's got contempt for absolutely everything. He thinks that just because triads are in a community center that then the community center is working with them. The logic is broken down. The rationale, the reason. Yeah. I love that these two disciples, one of them has absolutely bought into it in Chen Wu. Uh, and even with the, the, the kids as well from Rhino's gang mm-hmm. uh, and the other joy here. It is just like, no, this has gone way too far. Can you not see yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I suppose that's the point, that the power of the Iron Fist has now completely taken over Davos. You know, we see him here struggling with these ideas of him not getting what he wants. What I think is interesting about him pushing Joy off that top floor is the fact that he doesn't use the Iron Fist. He doesn't just yeah. release himself and use it like he did against the restaurant owner, Mr. Yip, where he just released the Iron Fist the minute that he was, uh, that he thought he was being betrayed. In this case, with Joy, he, he doesn't do that. He just pushes her off as if saying, you're not even worth wasting the Iron Fist on, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite an interesting change for Davos here. Um, I think he was intending to kill her. I think he was intending that she would die from that fall. We see it when Chen Wu goes down to check on her and goes, oh, you did survive. Oh, okay. But she's just not worth it. Yeah, but I mean, he, Chen Wu does say uh, he's got something planned for you. Right, okay. So you, you just wonder. I must say, I did think when I saw Joy's blood matted hair, I was like going... I bet that was really difficult to get out after, uh, after the scene. I, I was kind of, I was kind of feeling for her that moment of like trying to get the knots out of the hair. Like it was like, whoa, you know, she really did lie in that puddle of fake blood for a while, but it was great. I loved it because she fights back in that moment of weakness. And it's a really great thing. I think when you see that, mm-hmm. um, from a character, uh, whether it was to Davos because she's got nowhere to run or with Chen Wu because she is bleeding after being pushed off uh, the balcony in Davos's sort of lair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap up this one, because I, I, I think actually this is one of our kind of we got it right from episode one mm-hmm. in that we were talking about the the rage that was in Danny 
when he was punching the door and how this could be connected to Shaolau and this letting feeding of the rage. And we've kind of progressed this theory over the course of the season. But yeah, Davos is fully in the rage of Shaolau. Yeah. Yeah. If Danny is the will of the dragon, Davos is the pure, unadulterated rage mm-hmm. of the dragon. He just is susceptible to all this. He is fully open to only caring about anger and rage and mm. just letting it fully fill him to the point where, you know, we're like blinded by rage, just going red. Absolutely. Again, I, this is why I love these shows. And I, I, I say these qu- quite often, but every now and again, you see something these writers have done, which is the choosing of the red goes for Davos's face, goes beyond that, mm-hmm. goes beyond just because he is rage. So rage is red. He like, it's not just that the steel serpent is actually purple. They could have gone that way. No, it's to do with him just being consumed by that anger. Yeah. Like when he killed Mr. Yip, I was actually shocked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Me too. Like this is the man who only cared about making Kung Lung 2.0 in New York. Yeah in Chinatown, making it a place of peace and prosperity. And now that guy is like, above all else, I will be your dictator. But that flip, it flipped so quickly as well. I know you weren't on the episode that we were talking about that that moment, but it did flip so quickly with Davos. He was trying to make a statement here. He, he brought the kids down to apologize to Mr. Yip for what they'd done to him. And within about three seconds, he completely reads something into Mr. Yip's body language, not even anything yep. he said. Yep. And turns the whole thing around and kills him instantly yeah. without any provocation at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is where we know that the anger and rage from Shaolau seems to have completely overtaken Davos's mind. Yeah, it's consumed him mm-hmm. um, and broken him to some extent. But Mr. Yip is survived by his daughter and his cousin, Frank Choi. Um, and I think this uh, brings us on to point number two in that... Frank Choi gets to tell his story. We finally see Frank Choi after eight episodes. Courtesy of Misty Knight, Mm -hmm. who has managed to wrangle and finagle uh, an FBI task force and a a local NYPD task force uh, to bring down Davos. Um, But she brings in Frank Choi into the dojo um, after Colleen and, and Danny have been out uh, in Chinatown. We have this fantastic moment where, you know, we know that Colleen's mom has come to New York and she didn't die um, back in, in Japan, mm-hmm. but she's in been in New York and she could possibly still be alive. Um, we don't know. Um, and we have this fantastic moment where Frank Joy it not only gives the key to the ledger, but says, I got this like crazy tale of the pirate queen and the fisherman um, of Ping Hai Bay. And uh, just really, really interesting. I, I do like the moment that you get a little kind of sense that Danny's listening to this um, this legend or this story of this princess and the fisherman kind of gain. I've heard something along those lines yeah, as well. Yeah. Um but Frank Joy is a total like this was a crazy tale, uh complete nonsense, you know, totally hard ass here on mm-hmm. on any form of story. But I it was just a really nice moment to get this brush and comb set explained in a yeah, sense. I'm yeah. I'm really glad they got to to do that. 
a, a little a little bit. And I like how Frank kind of lays it up, kind of going, I don't really remember any details about her, but I'll never forget her BS story. You know, it's <laughs> that kind of thing. So so there is that connection and it is a story that Colleen heard that was made up by her mother. So she knows it's definitely her mother that was involved. It does completely change her whole backstory because what she's been telling everybody about her history over the years has been that her father gave her up, sent her off to her grandparents when her mother died, which is now not her history. Her history is that her mother left and went to New York. So she has a whole new search for her history. And it does kind of knock Colleen for six when she realizes that by investigating this, she's now changed her own history. Definitely. Um, and But I really like the fact that Misty is the to mm-hmm. kind of just prop her up, really. You know, um, you, you really get the sense of these two um connecting even more here on the balcony as Colleen's kind of trying to deal with with this and I and you really you know Misty's kind of just saying look no one wants to necessarily be a hero and you're not necessarily born a hero and there are absolutely normal human reasons it could be stupidity short-sightedness anger whatever but you don't have any of these and yes if Danny takes back the Iron Fist, it will be in good hands, but it will be in better hands if you take it because you have a more level head. Because, you know, Danny does open up uh, to Colleen about this addiction that he's had to the Chi when they're in his sort of former uh, practice ground by the subway. Yeah. You really do get the sense that she would be able to cope with this power that will be in her or Misty at least seems to think that she would. And she really just keeps her sort of centered here in mm-hmm. this moment where her whole world has been turned upside down. And um, with the, with the revelation that her mom, um, came to New York uh, and had been alive past, you know, the time she thought she was dead. And could still be alive as well, as Danny and Colleen says, you know, that this could be the next mission that the two of them go out on is to try and find her mother, you know? Um, that I think that's quite an interesting piece. I also have to say that scene with Misty and Colleen is probably one of my favorites so far when, uh, when Misty says to her, I think this is probably the most real relationship I have in my entire life. And Colleen goes, mine too. Did you hear what Danny's actually proposing to me? You know, this kind of thing where she's actually saying that herself and Danny are kind of falling apart because Danny's going, I want you to take the iron fist. And she doesn't believe in that in this moment. So Misty's actually her only real friend at that particular second because Danny's trying to push her towards a destiny that she doesn't believe she deserves in a way. Um, great moments between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, I loved this. I, I, I'm guessing I'm the one who's going to talk about the the Pirate Queen connection. Mm-hmm. You can, of course. Okay, thank you very yeah. much. So, for our listeners, there is a comic part of the Matt Fraction run of the Immortal Iron Fist series. I think it was, like, what, that was 27 issues. Issue 7 was the Pirate Queen of Ping Hai Bay. Mm-hmm. And the issue focused on the life of Wu Ao Shi, who was the first female Iron Fist from 1540. 45 AD. Mm-hmm. The the story we are getting in this, which is a connection to Colleen's family, says that that's why Danny kind of recognizes the story. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he at least calls it out in the next episode because they made it obvious Danny had heard the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For me and my other fellow defenders, those who have read this comic book, we all went, oh, I know that one. She's an Iron Fist. Why, why doesn't he call it out? Yeah. It was a bit like, 
okay, I'm hoping in the next episode they at least delve it a bit deeper going, well, now you're an Iron Fist, and who knew? Actually, one of your great ancestors was the first female Iron Fist. It's, the, it's called, again, full circle. But Colleen does only think that it was a bedtime story. Is it really connected directly to the mm. wings? Like, it, that's not something we fully know. Like, it, it seems to me that Colleen, it takes it as it was a bedtime story for her, given to her by a mom, whether it was, and oh, this yeah. was our family. But, and I think this is where Danny is kind of like going, how do they know that story? Because that was a story told in Conlon. I think maybe at this moment, Danny is there trying to process as to why her parents would know this story that he yeah. knows from Conlon, rather than necessarily making or thinking that she could be um, an Iron Fist. I, I, I yeah. think. Yeah. Why would they have the Pirate Queen's comb box from the bow of the ship? But I think that box is simply a wing family heirloom with that symbol. Um, now, that may ultimately be the symbol that is the Pirate Queen of, of Ping Hai Bay, but at this moment in time, it's Colleen's family symbol. That's what I'm saying. This this connection that this story is about the Wing family or some distant connection to the Wing family is not known. Maybe it's something, as you say, that comes out in the final episode mm -hmm. as to that. But at the moment, I always took that Colleen freaked out about this because... It was a connection to her immediate family. Yeah. Um, because it's the symbol on the hilt of her katana and then on this. Um, and Frank Choi is simply taking this as payment. Uh, this is a, a payment element and that this was, um, something related to this story. Not necessarily that the family was the pirate queen. Right. Or right. came from the Pirate Queen. Yeah, it could, it could just have been an inspirational story that she had heard in some way from the people of Kunlun, and she decided to tell it to her daughter to give her some kind of guidance as to where she should go in the future kind of thing. You know, an inspirational story. But I know Colleen says, how does anybody else know this story? Because my mother made it up. Whereas the reaction from Danny seems to be that he knows the story. So, um, could he have ever had any connection with Colleen's mom? Could he have ever heard the story from her? Was she somebody in Kunlun, or did the tale pass through Kunlun to his mother? It's it's very interesting, and I do hope to come back to it in the next episode. Yeah, sorry, no, because I I think this is where I filled in the gaps in my brain. Because what I what I took was that the box was the, from the story, what the box was made from the bow of the first ship. Yes, and that box has the wing symbol on it, mm -hmm. uh, and therefore it's a family heirloom. It was passed down. Because again, like I straight away went, oh, Pirate Queen, this is, she made the box. And then the box was obviously passed down generation to generation, mother to daughter, mother to daughter, mother to daughter. Right. And that's where my head went. So yeah, okay. I can, thinking back on it now, I'm like, okay, they didn't actually say all the things I thought they had said. <laughs> but I think that's exactly where it is. I would, I'm completely with you that ultimately Danny's reaction, the provenance of that box, it's just within the story, Colleen yeah. just thinks that it is a story. It's a bedtime story, and it was a, a, a story um, that her mom just kept repeating. But yeah. she, it doesn't, it's not resonating with respect to 
that she would know about Conlon or the Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah. And I think as, as we were talking about in the last episode, when Danny proposes the idea of her taking up the Iron Fist at the end of the last episode, what we were talking about is she doesn't necessarily need to have any connection to Conlon to become an Iron Fist. Danny didn't. Yep. He's a child from New York that happened to be in Kunlun and then took it and is called the outsider by Davos. That's why Davos feels that Danny doesn't deserve the Iron Fist because he's not from Kunlun, but Danny has it. So therefore Colleen can have it and anybody else can have it. If they're able to hold that power, they can have it. But it will be interesting if this is connected when, when we get to the next episode. I, I, I would not like this to be a thread left hanging. Yeah. I would like this to be at least somewhat reference in the final episode yeah. so that we get a bit more and then it's on it's the smoking man from the x-files right which is they're gonna keep dropping threads uh throughout the season but then you get a big revelation in the last episode but enough to give you oh but there's also more so i i want that if they don't reference it again then just going into season three, if we get a season three, no one will remember this small conversation. Yeah, yeah. Kind of well, thing. hopefully it's in the episode, next episode. Like That is the real concern that I have with only one episode left. They've got lots of loose ends to tie up. Will they get the yeah. chance to tie them all up in one episode? But let's get on to our next point. Let's get on to point number three. Showdown at Bayard Community Center. Everything, as you were referencing in your synopsis, John, everything is just pointing towards Bayard Community Center. Everybody's there. The Golden Tigers are there. The Hatchets are there. BB's brought the Tibetan Singing Bull there. We have everybody in the Bayard Community Center and... Davos about to land. Absolutely. Like, this is the melting pot of this episode. It's the crucible. It's the fire in which, um, dare I say it, they burn. Because it's the moment where Colleen decides to step up. You know, mm-hmm. she has said she doesn't want the Iron Fist. It's where BB is slain by, you know, his former gang brothers um and this propels colleen so it, it's a massive moment it's you have the triads coming together you have that face-off uh between uh danny and um davos which i just really liked i mean it was it was one of those things where when danny limps in uh the shot i'm like going Ah, now continuity error. I was like going, <laughs> why is he doing this? I was like going, ah, come on, Finn Jones, what are you doing? And then like Derek just nudged me and goes, no, it's Danny trying to get Davos off guard. And I'm going, of course it of course. is. Why <laughs> on earth was I thinking um, like that? I don't know why. Because the last um, time Davos saw Danny, he... Sent him to hospital. He broke his leg and sent him to hospital. Well, he's him running so. from saving Mrs. Yank with Colleen. Like that, exactly. That's the thing. That's why I was there going, and now he's limping on to uh, to face him. But it is, you know, it, it's deception. It, it, it's smoke and mirrors to try and make Davos feel as though you know he could absolutely uh, have the upper hand mm-hmm. if, if they were going to to battle it's to make him appear less threatening i suppose but it what a, a, i love the fight you know i love that kind of switch on of davos's iron fist occasionally where um danny is having to sort of duck and dive away from it and of course the special k uh being punched into uh davos as well really good can i jump back slightly yeah absolutely can i just talk about bb here mm-hmm. um I know why they did it. His death, as you said, John, propels Colleen. 
Yeah. I just wish they could have done it in a better way. They if they had have chosen a different story arc or a different way of doing it, but he shouldn't have died. Mm-hmm. No reason other than I like the character. I like that he again was trying to redeem himself, going, This is not what we need to do. He was a good kid. So to see that his death was used as the catalyst. Mm-hmm for colleen to become what she needs to become it's not that it's overused not that it was not good i I, i'm not saying that i think it's just because i liked the character yeah likewise i would have liked to see him in the season three if we got a season three where he helps colleen set up her dojo again to yeah. help train the little, the kids off the streets or he starts working in the community center it could have been like dw from luke cage you mm-hmm. know a, a character that got a bigger role say even in the last episodes or you know into a season three or something like that I think you need to build out this cast. Yeah, I think we've got, you know, two central players in this in this cast with Danny and Colleen. And it felt like BB was being set up as kind of the street connection for Colleen and Danny so that they can actually get some information from the streets. That's how we thought this whole storyline was going to play out with Rhino's gang. Um, I think my particular problem with his death scene is that he's speaking the truth to these kids who are the other members of his gang. He's telling them some real honest truths about how they should be living their lives and not following a crazy leader like Davos. That's not what they got into the, the, this crew together for, you know? Um, and then he gets killed for it. It feels like a little bit of a, a misstep in killing Bibi when he's speaking the truth to these kids, effectively saying that the rest of the gang are completely irredeemable. Yeah. Um, is that the message that you want to have for these street kids that have come into the show, that they're irredeemable because they follow Davos and he's led them now down this really dark path that they can't turn away from? Yeah. Um, are they just going to go into prison now? Pretty much. After this battle. Well, it looks like it. Colin's yeah. effectively te- getting them all taken off by the cops and they've killed one of their closest members. So they're now gone. This entire crew are completely demolished by being involved with Davos. It's a very interesting way to end their story arc. Yeah, I just wanted, I think, more. I wanted to see him become more than just this part. Like, mm-hmm. I did have a feeling they were training him up to be something more. So Colleen starts training the kids to become a good army, if you will. Yeah. An army for good. He would have been the the Shifu. To mm-hmm. it, she well, she would have been Shifu. He would have been the second in command, or the so the redemption, as you said, of the gang. Yeah. Then there was another character that we haven't talked about who has a large Marvel connection. And Derek, do you want to drop this one? The leader in the community center, Sam Chung. We haven't spoken about him all season because he's only referenced as Sam uh, on screen. Uh, Samuel Chung is a Marvel Comics character. Character is blind spot in the Daredevil universe. I find it really interesting that they've put him in here as a community center leader. He got no real connection to the character origin story in the comic books, no real reference to the fact that he is blind spot, but M. Raven Metzner has confirmed that this is what he is written out as on, on the page uh, in the scripts. He is written out as Samuel Chung, and that is definitely a reference to the character. So it's been confirmed. We're probably not going to see the creation of blind spot in the last episode, but once again, they're layering something into these Marvel shows that we may see in a future series of Daredevil or a future series of these shows. Yeah, really good. Yeah, because I actually thought for a second 
that BB might become blind spot. Go with me here. Season okay. three. Theory's already failed, Chris. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but this is where my theory was going before he died, was that Danny continues to be the Iron Fist. He's still helping Matt kind of protect the city. He mm-hmm. needs an apprentice. You get BB helping. BB kind of becoming more. He's like, I want to help more. I want to become better. And Rand Technology gives him the blind spot suit. Right, right. Okay. You were so far off on that. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. far. It, it was a fantastic time to put in this storyline of Blindspot, which the actual comic origin is all about immigration and illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. We get the hints in this one that um, there has been this life death of people being smuggled in by the mm-hmm. triads. So I was like, oh, this could be maybe BB was the next generation of illegal aliens. You could have layered it in really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. i think there's also that thing when you name a character something like bb he does get the explanation for why he has the name bb but you have that feeling that maybe he's going he's going to be named some other character that the the actual name is going to be something different and is going to be from the comic books and then it's just all taken away in this episode by killing him off um it is it is a sad loss for the show i think um i like like to have seen him back in season three but it is really important as you say john because it does push Colleen over the edge and make her realize actually maybe I need to step up maybe I need to do something bigger for my community because there is bad stuff out there that I don't think I can deal with by not having the Iron Fist yeah no absolutely I mean I I definitely agree I I really wish we um were able to keep BB in -hmm. in the show um but certainly it's a good uh story point and, and jump off to really bring into sharp focus to to Colleen that Actually, maybe she does need to, to step it up and she, you know, she, it's, it's where she sees that she's willing to take responsibility. And ultimately, you know, what we have here is Danny successfully, uh, knocking out Davos, uh, in, in order for them to take him back to the dojo for this, this ceremony, mm-hmm. uh, by the Crane sisters. So it's really good. I mean, one other point here is that Mrs. Yang's right hand man, uh, leader of the army within um within the hatchets does try to slow down davos mm-hmm. uh, i don't think he's ever going to kill him and again we see davos's absolute uncompromising contempt for him where he effectively gives him a right hand hook with the iron fist and it just pans back and there's uh, a bloody kitchen left mm-hmm. um you know after disarming him of his two hatchets and chucking one of them through his heart so i mean that was a pretty brutal scene within the kitchen again really highlighting how much davos has has lost it it was it was a good fight scene though i thought as mm-hmm. well jumping back into danny versus davos yeah i feel that could have gone on a bit longer mm-hmm. um just personally um, I, I think the point is made really that Danny's not at full full strength yet. Yeah. So he can't really take on Davos for a big fight. But I do love the moment when the syringe is thrown in the air. Danny stops Davos's punch, catches it, and then stabs him with the syringe in a very quick motion. Like he's still again showing that he is such a good fighter that yeah. he's able to stop someone yeah. with it, two iron fists. It's a real sweet move. But it needed to be quick. It needed to be a fast fight because Davos is so ultra powerful here. 
that Danny would never have a chance against him, even with his amazing martial arts skills. So he has to do it as quickly as possible. Once he gets in close, he needs to take the syringe and take him out as quickly as possible. The thing with this fight as well was that, you know, because Danny is trying to see whether Davos will back down of his own accord because he is knocked Mm -hmm. over and then he pulls out the syringe and says, well, I tried to reason with you. Now here comes... Here comes the pain. Yeah, here here comes the special K Mm -hmm. um, to sedate him. Um, And I really like that because I I really liked... um, I like that moment where effectively Danny says to him, why do you think your own dad pulled you from the fight for the Iron Fist? Because he knew you could not handle it because, yeah. you know, it is consuming him and it's breaking him. And he is actually defaming the notion of Shao Lao and the mm-hmm. power of the Chi, you know, by him continually using it against innocence you know if if it was totally to protect conlon from the hand then even him embroiling himself within new york is actually kind of a misuse of this chi to some extent Mm -hmm. and not that i think that but I, i i just really think it's just a great moment between these two characters it reconnects them because they have been separated and and i really enjoyed that yeah Sorry, I understand your point. It had to be fast. He's not at full strength. Mm-hmm. I just would have liked a bit more of the goading. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Like, literally, because just as John said, like, that, why do you think your father called the match? Mm-hmm. Davos, like, I wa- I literally wanted to see red steam come out of his ears almost <laughs> in a cartoon fashion. And to see him, like, power up both fists and like just smash a wall, mm-hmm. and then that's where you get the that fantastic flick of the the needle and all that. I was like, I oh, literally like thirty more seconds. That's I think I was probably. I think it's just like a tiny bit more. But we do learn another piece of interesting information in here. We hear Davos say to Danny, "It doesn't matter about my father calling the fight because they're both dead and gone now." Um, once again, another bit of confusion for me on. What exactly has happened to Kun Lun? At the end of season one, Danny and Colleen arrive at the location where Kun Lun was, and Danny says it's gone. It's all gone. Which, from the comic book mythology of the Iron Fist, Kun Lun disappears for 15 years. Whereas Davos, a person from Kun Lun, doesn't seem to know that that's what's happened. He seems to think that it's been destroyed and everybody's dead. Um, I'm now confused, and we've only got one more episode, so I presume it's not going to be mentioned next time. So let's have a quick chat about that, guys. I think is everybody else as confused as I am on this point of Kanban? I don't know. I mean, the I get exactly what you're saying. Like ultimately, Kunlon moves in and out of this plane of reality every 15 years mm-hmm. or every 10 years, you know, and that was explained in season one. Yeah, I think. When Danny and Colleen at the end of season one see, um, that it's, it's disappeared, he does say it's disappeared. And I wonder if, uh, Davos has gone back there as well mm-hmm. and seen the hand members dead by that gate and Conlon gone. And maybe he's thinking that not only has it disappeared, but the hand somehow got in there and is slaughtering everyone in Conlon as it's moving back to a different plane of existence. Um, or he is so enraged by the fact that, you know, he believes Danny left Conlon, left his 
uh, his post of defending Kunlun against the hand, and the hand has, to him, attacked Kunlun because mm-hmm. of the dead bodies there, and he doesn't know and can't know for 10, 15 years. And so that is just eating at him because he's like going, my mother and father could be dead and it's Danny's fault, yeah. even though he doesn't know that. It's just that he cannot escape that from his own mind as to what he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's a difficult one. That's how I think he's playing it, is that it's consumed him. Mm-hmm. This notion that Danny failed Conlon, the hand got in, and all he can think of is that they have killed everyone in there. Yeah. And not necessarily destroyed Conlon as a city. But I don't know, you know? It's one of those things where it's a little unclear. Yeah. Yeah, I think they changed what has happened. They mm-hmm. retconned this themselves. Like, I know there's a reference to it in Defenders, and I know we saw season one of Iron Fist, and we've seen season two, but it does feel like I'm not clear. We yeah. podcast about this stuff. We talk about it a lot. I feel like I'm not clear on what exactly has happened. Exactly. I'm with you on this. I think what's happened, as I said, I think they've retconned it. I think they originally were set, originally it was all set up to be, have just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that, okay, the guys just can't get back. That's it. They, they, they've locked the gates or the gates have been destroyed. They, they, there's no way for them to get in, for mm-hmm. example. I think now they're reckoning it to be destroyed because okay. they don't want the, the, if, even little things. The way Danny's talking about it makes it sound like it's gone, 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 gone. Not it's gone for ten years, and we'll be able to go back and check it and make sure everything's okay in a while. Mm-hmm. I think that the way that they're setting it up is no, the hand destroyed Kung Lung. Yeah. And killed and slaughtered everyone. Yeah. And yeah. that that's it. That's the way I think they're setting it up because they don't want, if we get a season three, to have to go back to Kung Lung. Right. It's a question, again, we'll probably get into it in a bit, a question of Colleen being what she is by the end of this. Mm-hmm. Anyone can be the Iron Fist. But do you, can you be an Iron Fist and not have defeated Sherlock? So that's a question. And then I was thinking. Well, yes, because Davos is. So, exactly. so we know that we know that now. So we'll, we'll get to that in like in a bit because I, I do want to dive deeper. But it's, could this be because they just don't want to show a bloody dragon? Let's not go to the mythical city where there are some weird things and a bloody mm-hmm. dragon. Because we don't have the money and budget to do a whole season in a mythical city. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. We'll keep them for certain pieces of flashback study, and we don't want to show a bloody dragon. So I, I yeah. feel they literally have retconned it. They had an idea in their head for Iron Fist season one, and in Defenders, it was like, no, it's just gone. It's not gone, gone, gone. But I even feel, if I remember rightly, in Defenders, there was a reference to the fact that everybody was killed. Yeah. Again, it feels like I'm not clear because the story has changed from yeah. the lips of Danny to the lips of Davos to the descriptions of it to other people talking about Kunlun, it feels like it's changed yeah. multiple times. But I need to go back and have a look, yeah, to like be honest. Danny does have that flashback in Defenders of the monks all slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Like, he never saw that. Exactly. It's so, not a flashback. It's a, it's a scary moment in yeah. his mind that may have happened because it, he wasn't there to protect yeah. Kunlun. But he doesn't know. Yet. It's a mind's eye thing. And I think that potentially is with 
Davos as well. Um, because he can't know. They can't know. Yeah. Um, and with Davos, it's consumed him with rage against Danny. And so that's how it's played out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It has. I, we've had multiple discussions, but not as deep as this mm-hmm. because in the end of season one, it was just of Iron Fist. It had disappeared in mm-hmm. Defenders. They started mentioning destroyed and mutilation and massacre and yeah. the obliteration, annihilation of Kung Lung. We were like, oh, maybe they just mean some of the people or the gate or blah, blah. And now they're talking about everyone's dead. It's gone. It's buried. Yeah. So they have slowly tweaked it, but not enough to definitively say one or the other. Exactly, exactly. It, it feels like one character thinks one thing and another character thinks something else, depending on the episode. Exactly, like. and they need so they need yeah. to basically put, to degree, a flag in the sand for mm-hmm. season three. Kung Lung is gone, or Kung Lung is disappeared, or it's in a different plane, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. But gentlemen, I think that's enough speculation. Yes. Let's speak about the return that we've all been waiting for, not of Kung Lung, <laughs> none other than Turk Barish, with point number four. I know a man, the man with the ordinance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What an interesting way to bring in Turk Barrett. Probably one of the scariest characters we've seen so far in the Netflix series, Mary, uh, being this crazy, violent person. She's, you know, she's up there with the Punisher kind of crazy level and having her go to Turk Barrett, who's been the car- the comedy character. He's been there right back to episode one of Daredevil season one. You know, he's been in pretty much every series, as far as I remember. Um, and we have him working with Mary here. It's kind of nice to see a little lighter moment with Mary and Ward. Yeah, yeah. Talking I lo- to Turk. Yeah, definitely. Ward and Walker, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I think it's Walker here, not really Mary. True. Um, I really enjoyed it. Ward brings her the info. And so, you know, this deal is on for Walker to protect Joy and Ward goes in with them. I love the I love the pitter patter when they're dealing uh, out of the back of uh, Turk's van. You know, he's sliced his golf shot. Uh, Mary's there looking for the guns, looking for the good stuff. Ward kind of comes in as well. Uh, I think trying to you know be as cool as as Walker Absolutely. saying, "Give me you know the best gun with the best bullets." It was just really nice. And then you get the little reference back to. Yeah, I killed my dad. It's patricide. But whether it technically is that, given that he uh, was the living dead, so it was necrocide mm-hmm. and all that. And of course, then with, with Walker saying, and Joy let me call you a pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so good. I love it when he goes to to buy the gun. It's like, go to town, daddy killer. Go to town mm-hmm. from, from Walker. I just thought it was really, really good. I absolutely would love to see the series ward and walker um come to the screen you know mm-hmm. it, it could be all these pair offs it'd be really cool yeah. heroes for hire daughters of the dragon ward and walker, ward and walker. yeah, yeah. <laughs> killers killers at large rather than attorneys at law <laughs> i i just love the why'd you bring the suit i'm not wearing a suit just turkey's just this great breath of fresh air Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Mary has that kind of connection to him. So it is saying he's getting back on his feet after being a bit down on his luck for the previous seasons. It must be the money that he got from Hogar, right? I think it's starting so. to set him back up again. Yeah. Because the last time we saw him, he'd gone legit. He was selling legal weed and realized that he was making a hell of 
a lot of bucks out of doing that. And now we see him back on the street selling guns again. So I guess he must have got a cash injection and feels that he needs to go back into the crime business. But I'm glad he does. And I have to say, the moment Mary said she knows a guy, instantly smile came my face going, that's Turk Barrett. It's got to be Turk Barrett. Yeah, no, I was with you. So very quickly, before we get on to the the rescue mission, Mm -hmm. what do we think was in the information? Do we think that this is definitely confirmation now based on what she's read that there is the third alter, the third personality of, I think you guys called in the last episode, Bloody Mary? Um, Or are they going to go as far, far as Typhoid Mary into the third alter? When Mary and Walker need to get out of a bad day, the third one comes. I don't know what Mary wanted to get from the actual information. Um, it's intriguing, and I really want to know what it was, because I think what she's looking for is what are the triggers for this third altar? Yeah. What are the things that triggered this person to come out so she can stop it? And that's all she wants. Will that information be in a report that she already knows what happened she knows there was another altar that killed all these people but what other information could be in there for mary to be able to stop this altar from coming out yeah for walker to stop this altar from coming out i think that's what she was looking for in the information whether she's got it or not i'm not sure she burnt it way too quickly for us to see obviously um so whether it's going to be referenced or what's what's going to be in there uh will we hear that in the next episode well i like how as it was um being dropped into the bin satellite you get the machine gun fire going around so mm-hmm. that almost kind of suggested to me that it did outline what happened um yeah. fully yeah. and that whatever she needed to take from it she has taken yeah uh for sure she's confirmed it was her that did it I yeah suppose, is the is the point she thinks she did but she knows now that the army know that she did it so, yeah. yeah, so it's basically a third altar now is there and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do yeah, hope we get to see the introduction of the third person in mm-hmm. the final episode, because I think that would be cool. Just a nice yep. way to wrap it up. Basically, they get in a jam, and then it's in the last episode, and we suddenly get something that triggers her, or her doing something that triggers the third altar to come and, like, kick ass. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's wait and see. Yes. So... Speaking of, they get prepared with the, all the ordinance they need for a rescue mission, and they go to save Joy. Mm-hmm. I loved Misty getting there first. Oh, yeah. Her fight with Chen Wu is great. Yes, exactly. My kung fu is stronger than your boxing. Oh, but wait, you've got a remote robotic metal arm. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> going to be painful. Now we're on mm-hmm. equal footing. I was just like, this is getting really good. And then for it to be... Ended so abruptly, mm-hmm. with just Mary, boom down. I was like, "Oh, they, oh, they just shot that guy in the neck." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But even that moment, and again, I, I do love the fact that they use uh, Misty's arm properly in this as a kind of a shield. Uh, yeah. She's effectively able to use it to block the punches coming at her from Chen. Um, very cool. The shot in the neck, shocking, as you say, to abruptly end the fight. But it goes further. Mary kills Chen Wu. Yep. saying he wasn't going to make it. You know, we do have this <laughs> yeah. really dark version of Mary going, I'm on a mission now, and I'm going to kill everything in my way. Uh, that was so... Uh, well, it wasn't so funny, that. But, I mean, it was just Misty's reaction, like, get an ambulance. Uh, mm-hmm. He's bleeding out here, and it's just, like, what, three bullets in the chest from Mary, and she's like, 
nah, he wasn't going to make it. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, Misty kind of tentatively going for her gun, saying to Walker, you're not a cop killer. And she goes, no, I'm not, as she knocks her out. So yeah. that's where we kind of need to see how that's going to progress. Because, you know, Ward was a bit disappointed that Chen Wu actually wasn't Davos. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wanted it to be Davos. He wanted to have taken out Davos. So there's still, there's still a mission there for, for Walker. Um, so yeah, (laughs) it'll be interesting to see where that mission takes them because it does kind of feel like it's a shoot to kill policy that Ward's brought in here for, for Walker and for himself. And of course, both Colleen and Danny need Davos to be uh, living and breathing for this transference ritual mm-hmm. to 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 happen. But at least now, Colleen and Danny have Davos in the dojo, sedated. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I just think Mary couldn't give up the opportunity to test out her long distance shooting and close range shooting with this brand new gun that she picked up from Turk, you know? I think that's the reason why she kills Chen. It's just to kind of go, well, I can shoot him from across the room and I can shoot him close up with this yeah. brand new gun I have. <laughs> hey, look, when we all get new tech, we want to try it out straight away. Exactly, like, it's, exactly. it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I'm surprised that Ward has allowed her to knock out um, Misty because there is that, that kind of pre-existing relationship that we saw between Misty and Ward in the past. We saw they have got a little bit of a connection. Nothing yeah. particularly has happened out of it, yeah. but But Ward's kind of just seems to have left the the location as soon True. as he realized it was Chen Wu. He's kind of just walked off. He doesn't appear to be in that scene. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just kind of like, okay, right, I'll go back to the car. And this kind of is playing out and he Possibly. he doesn't know. I don't I also don't think that Ward could let Mary do anything or stop Mary from doing anything exactly. she wants to do. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. I do wonder where this leaves Ward. Mm-hmm. So he saved his sister. Is Ward sliding back or is he going to do? He left the flowers on the table in the flower, flower shop where he was buying them for his ex sponsor, his now baby mama. They have to tie that up in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, they that's. Do, yeah. yeah. Like, because again, that's a huge arc for him with them having problems about their own father yeah. to him be straight away a bad father i'm like oh no you can't do that no nope, they have nope. they have to tie it up definitely uh, we say they, they have to sometimes cv shows don't do what they have to do so i'm like <laughs> i'm hoping they do yeah but gentlemen yeah, we've been uh dancing around uh a a, a large point just a bit, yeah. Just a bit. Uh, and we've done it quite well. We've done it for four <laughs> points so far. Let's move it on to point number five of this episode. Mm-hmm. Colleen Wing, Iron Fist. Absolutely, yes. Colleen takes on the Iron Fist, finally accepting this kind of destiny that Danny's been pushing her towards, um, showing her that she is the right person to take this on, showing her that she wouldn't be corrupted the way that Davos is, um, and will be a better Iron Fist than Danny has been able to be uh, for the last few years very interesting choice what do we think of this idea of colleen wing iron fist iron fist is just a title mm-hmm. yeah loving it it's a mantle for me i i don't care if it's danny ward or colleen wing comic books are there for a reason everyone has their own take on different stories these some, some of these characters are 50 60 70 years old so you're going to have all these different people writing different versions of mm-hmm. different superheroes the the way they retcon 
Captain America, the way they retcon Iron Man, like all these different versions. So I am happy to see a different take on Danny Rand, the Iron Fist. It's now going to be mm-hmm. the Iron Fist. That's what the name of the show is. So it doesn't yeah. it can be with anyone. Now, I don't think they'll leave it with just her owning the Iron Fist. No. At the end no. of this season, what they'll end up, she'll have it and he'll have it and they'll become like the dynamic iron fists maybe i'm again not sure about that either though chris i think there's an interesting point if you just if we just go into the actual storyline of why she got it uh, effectively what danny's saying is that at the moment right now he's not focused enough to be able to take on the iron fist she's showing him that by the training that she's given him by saying that he's too emotional to carry the iron fist because that's what is controlling him it opens up this episode with danny you know, as I say, taking Colleen to where he used to just punch the door because mm-hmm. there was no crime happening, but he needed to use his iron fist because he was addicted. It is that moment goes back to where Ward says, um, you know, you and I are the same when they're talking about addiction. Yeah. Um, that Danny is wasting the chi because it's the power that he feels, the clarity that he feels when he's using it. So he just goes to that room and punches the door um, just to have that sensation. Um, in, in a sense, he works it out in a slightly better way than what Davos is doing, uh, really. Davos mm-hmm. still likes to use uh, human punch bags uh, to, to use the Iron Fist. Uh-huh. At least Danny's using a door. And I think here it's that he feels Colleen has the presence of mind to... And we hear this from Misty as well, to really deal with that power that courses through. You know, we hear this now, how painful this transference is, how the power of Shaolau, the Undying, is a massive force that they have to contain within their bodies, within the Iron Fist, uh, which, you know, we didn't really get that sense from season one, because obviously... This transference is actually coming into the body. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really much more obvious here. But having said that, the Iron Fist power can transfer. We have this story in here of the, the pirate queen of Ping Hai Bay. It is the idea that there is a succession of Iron Fists. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Orson Randall, Danny Rand, uh, the pirate queen these different people that have held that title mm-hmm. and here it's someone else holding it and yeah. that is Colleen Wing and it, it's really really good I absolutely um loved that lily white fist um and it's really cool how they've chosen to differentiate these uh, different iron fists, you know, the red of Davos, the yet the, you know, the classic yellow of Danny Rand, uh, but having this lily white fist of Colleen Wing, uh, fab, yeah. loved it. But having said that, yeah, I can see a time where it could quite easily come back to Danny Rand. And I think there will always be, um, that partnership of these two in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with the Iron Fist show, what I really am always hoping for with this show is that they explore the mythology a bit more. You know, I'm I, again, I'm not looking for them to go to the city and have the dragon, that kind of stuff. But I like the idea that they may bring in some of the historical versions of the Iron Fist. It doesn't have to be hugely big budget to do that. You can bring in some of these other 66 versions of the Iron Fist yeah. that have been there in the past. But I think what's interesting here in giving the power to Colleen is 
as we say, Danny's still alive. This may be the first time that an Iron Fist has stayed alive and the power has passed to another Iron Fist. That's quite an interesting thing to explore a little bit and to talk about a little bit. And by doing it in the second last episode of the season, are we going to get more of that in the next episode? Are we going to get enough satisfaction out of this storyline and this decision by with only one episode left? Mm. I, I don't think so. Uh, mm. I agree with all your points. I was hoping to almost get a Batman Beyond, Danny being slightly mentoring Colleen mm. on the, the usage of the Iron Fist, and then yeah. at some point having to come back out of retirement. I yeah. thought that would be a good season three to a degree. Uh-huh. I don't think they'll leave it that way. What I think it will be and is because at the moment, even though Colleen is the Iron Fist, she has the, the white lily. I actually like that, uh, mm-hmm. John. It's a nice wave. So the white lily Iron Fist. Davos still has his power yeah. as well. So they're sharing. Yeah. So I'm like, well, okay. Well, then why can't Danny get some of the power back? Mm-hmm. And then you do end up getting the yellow and white together. Yes. And I think then it leads to a degree, a, a nice kind of ending to the season in that, okay, Danny can't control all the power by himself, but he, if he shares it with Colleen, he shares mm-hmm. it with his life partner, someone he loves. It means then they fix their relationship. They, they become uh, partners in all yeah. sense of the word. Uh, because they still haven't resolved that yet. Mm-hmm. Like with one episode left, are they on? Are they off? Are they what's going on? We don't know. Oh yeah. Um. So I like that that if they resolve it, going okay. Well, look, we're going to share the responsibility. We're going to share this. Go out together and patrol together and be the Iron Fists. I like that idea. Mm. I don't think any. I think it's all going to end up going back to Danny, and I think that's what we'll get going into season three. If again, if this is season three, mm-hmm. who knows? I think it's just to do this on the penultimate episode. We really needed more time to explore Definitely. this. Yeah, yeah. I really, at this moment in time, I really kind of want those additional four episodes. Oh yeah, um, yeah. like. I have absolutely no problem with Davos kind of being sidelined now, or even that he has this Iron Fist for, you know, the next while as well, whichever choice is made, but to give some time and breathing space to explore Colleen Wing with the Iron Fist, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's temporarily or more permanently. um, I think that'd be really cool. It's a real shame it's not 13 episodes in that sense at this moment in time because I really feel that they could do with those extra four episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been enjoying what we're getting. And every, every time we enjoy a series, we obviously want to see more of it. So if the writing stayed at this level and was 13 episodes long, would absolutely love it. Yeah, definitely. Also an interesting choice to have Danny block Davos when he wakes back up by picking up the sword um yeah colleen's sword so quite obviously showing that danny and colleen have completely switched positions he's now the martial arts master as she becomes the iron fist yep i I did think though there's an extra element to that which was um you only draw the bushido blade when you're willing to kill Mm -hmm. and that's what i took from it was like oh he just drew the blade he's now willing to kill Davos to protect Colleen. Mm-hmm. Like, not yeah. that he never was before, 
But now it's kind of like he knows the rules to that. So that's why I, I and they called it out twice in the season. So I was like, OK, so he's accepted that he needs to kill Davos if he wants to protect the ones he loves. So that's mm-hmm. where I took from that. Let's see how that plays out in the next episode. Exactly. But that's our top five points, guys. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get on to our notes. Yes, a couple of notes for this episode. Um, we finally have our Stanley cameo. Did everybody see it? Yes. Yes, the Stanley cameo that is probably the least noticeable one is on the notice board in uh, in the Bayern Community Centre. Uh, we see Stanley, Captain Stanley, or Police Officer Stanley back. But yeah, I absolutely would have missed it if it hadn't been for the actress who plays Mrs. Yang posting a photograph of herself with it on the notice board on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for it the entire season because I knew where it was going to be because it was posted on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. But at least we have it. At least we have our Stanley cameo in there. Guys, they're killing us with this one. They're making us wait until like literally nearly the 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 end of each season. <laughs> and they're making it harder and harder each time. For this one, I'm wondering whether it's always been on the notice board. And you just couldn't see it because of the way it was filmed back in episode two and episode three. Yeah, maybe. I'm wondering if if it's just been there in the background. It's part of the design. And then we only get to see it in this episode. Could be. I, I think they need to just go a bit more in your face. <laughs> a bit more MCU with it. Kind of like, oh, look, and there's Stan Lee. Yeah. Like- well, at least it's better than the one in Luke Cage season two, which was genuinely blink and you miss it. Yeah. Um, where we had to pause it to make sure that it was actually the Stanley picture. <laughs> you know, this one, it was a bit more in your face, a little bit more in your face than it had been in the past. Other note for me, I'm just wondering if you guys think I'm overthinking things when Joy says to Chen Wu if he thinks he's on the black side of Davos's moral ledger. Is that a reference to Black Widow's red in her ledger concept, her moral ledger that she spoke about back in, in Avengers? Not that Joy would know about it, but I'm wondering if the writers are kind of referencing this moral ledger concept from uh, from the Avengers? I took it as something. I didn't think about Black Widow, but I took it as being yeah. something important because it was the way it was called out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, bit, that does make sense. It's a nice callback. Yeah, definitely. The, the only note I've got is um, just when Misty's speaking with, with Danny and she goes, yeah, I shouldn't really have brought Frank Troy in, should I really? And he's <laughs> like, well, nah. No, you no, shouldn't. shouldn't. <laughs> it was a nice little moment. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't really talked about the music this season much, but the music in this episode I thought was standout. It was absolutely really, really good through the fight sequences, through Davos's arrival at the Bayern Community Centre. Some really good choices in this episode. Uh, brand new composer for this season as well. Uh, not the same composer as season one. Um, but I think this episode really is where it all stood out to me. I think coming straight off of Luke Cage season two, Mm-hmm. where music is such an integral part, so ingrained and it's so in your face to a degree. Mm-hmm. This season was not as impactful. I think that's my point, though, for this episode is the first episode in nine of ten episodes this season where the music has really stood out to me uh, as being integral for, you know, an intro to Davos, for example. Uh, we have a piece of music that feels like Davos's theme tune uh, in this episode, which is really weird to get nine episodes into the series and only have that experience now, especially, as you say, after coming off 
season two of Luke Cage, which really felt like the music is integral to the show. So just wanted to just wanted to call it out, I suppose, in this episode. Any other notes? Just a quick one from me. Um, it was kind of a blink and you'll miss it, and we actually did. Um, mm-hmm. and it was only recently that this kind of got called out to me. Um, back in episode six or seven, I believe, where uh. Mary goes to rescue Danny and everything. The building that she goes to rescue them from, which is the same building that um, Davos now uses as his base of operations, is 17 Baxter. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a under construction or the construction has ended building called Baxter. Baxter... And it's a building. Baxter and it's a Baxter building. So the question is, it, this is just a nice nod, do we think, gentlemen? It kind of has to be at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. As they didn't have the rights to the Fantastic Four, for those of you that aren't comic book readers. Excuse uh, me. Yes, yeah, sorry. I should have <laughs> mentioned that part. Yeah, the Baxter building is the place that houses the Fantastic Four in the comic books. They are not characters owned by Marvel at the moment. They certainly weren't uh, when this episode was being written. So... I think, yes, it is a coincidence, possibly, or a sly nod, a sly reference from a writer that likes the Fantastic Four. But yeah, unfortunately, it can't be an official reference to the Fantastic Four because they don't have the rights, right? So at the moment, it's really just a reference to Baxter's tinned soup that you can get. <laughs> that could well, be. It can be. It could it be, can't yes. possibly be anything to do with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I just thought it was a nice nod. Um, I did like it that it was the building on a construction called Baxter. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was really that was well done. <laughs> a very, very heavily hidden Easter egg there. No, no wonder we missed it. Yes, yes. But that's all of the notes from my side, gentlemen. I think that's all the notes from your side. So I think it's about time we move on to our defense. John, do you defend this episode of Iron Fist? Yes, I do defend this episode of Iron Fist War Without End. I give it four and a half white Iron Fists out of five. Uh, I really just loved how this came together, uh, everything. I like, um, you know, Colleen Wing with her lily white Iron Fist, uh, I just really thought was fantastic. It was a shame we lost BB along the way, but it was certainly a emotional moment and a poignant moment for Colleen to actually take up Danny with uh, on his suggestion. Uh, I love that, you know, it starts off with her flat out refusing it. And by the end, she is at least taking on board the Iron Fist, at least half of it. Uh, I love the fact that Davos still has his because he interrupted that transference. Um, really very cool. Misty and Colleen, again, another part of the reason why she takes this Iron Fist because of that conversation with Misty by the apartment. This idea that Misty would have faith and the belief that Colleen could handle this power and she would use it right, I think Misty says, um, and kick some serious ass. So really, really cool. Uh, Warden Walker, fab. Turk Barrett, great. Uh, loved the battle between Davos and Danny Rand in the community center. So this had so many great elements to it. So absolutely defend this episode of Iron Fist. Derek, with that, do you defend this episode of Iron Fist? I absolutely defend this episode. I loved this episode of Iron Fist. Really enjoyed it. For all the points you mentioned and all the points we've talked about as well, there's so much good stuff in this episode. Um, 
I can't wait to get on to the finale, and I also don't want it to be the finale, as I've mentioned. Um, I've loved this season so far and don't want it to be over. <laughs> but Chris, do you defend episode nine of season two of Iron Fist? I really enjoyed the culmination of these eight plus hours. Um, Agents and change, if you want to call it that. Um, it was satisfying to see they used a lot of the same plot points. Davos was taken down, not by a, like a massive, huge battle, but was taken down by the training that Colleen had given to Danny in order for uh, him to actually stop fighting with all the emotion, the hate, the rage, the loss, etc. So seeing that used against Davos was really, it was a, that was a nice kind of full circle on yeah. that that story part. And special K. And special K. Seeing Colleen come full circle on the decision that she needs to step up to become um, the white fist, the the white tiger, the white dragon, whatever way we want to call it or whatever the name will be. Just seeing that last flash at the end. It burns beautiful like it's but not even just seeing her take on that mantle yes we had she had to lose bb because of it but that fighting against rhino's gang was just brilliant Mm -hmm. seeing like her go all out i just really enjoyed this we got turk like seeing turk give ward the gun ward coming into the rescue of joy Mm -hmm. it just all seemed to me just a really nice culmination. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the best way. It didn't go out with a bang, but it didn't go out with a fizzle. It went out exactly how I wanted it to, Yeah, but it's not over. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit I'm like, okay, like I give me more, like tell me what happens now to joy pirate queen of ping high bay. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on there? I like straight away was now just like, give me everything. Just like download it. And this is the only thing. And I think I'm going to echo your response, Derek. I think I'm going to echo a lot of what you're going to talk about, which is I just want more now. Mm-hmm. Don't just give me another hour. Give me another four. Yeah. Use the time that they should have been given. Um, It didn't feel rushed. It just, didn't feel as deep as some of the other series we've got. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I fully defend this episode um, of Iron Fist. Nice. And with that, let's get on to our feedback for this episode. Yes, we get some feedback in through on our Facebook group. You can head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Defenders TV podcast. Jamie Young on episode eight goes, so glad Joy survived that fall. There's still a chance for her and Ward to reconcile. I'm really bummed about BB though. I liked him. Jamie continues, I really, really hope Turk turning up in unexpected places is the new norm. Everything about that scene was gold. Mm -hmm. Holy moly, Colleen actually has the fist. I didn't comment on it before because I honestly didn't think they'd really do it. Mm. So unexpected. I wonder what this means going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's great that they've done it, I think. Uh, And certainly we definitely hope that it would be at least 
four more episodes going forward so that we could really get some time with Colleen with the Iron Fist. Yeah, you and me both, Jamie. I just want to now devour the final episode and see where this goes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your feedback, Jamie. So we have a piece of feedback from Salima Kisler over on Facebook. He says the scene with Turk, Mary and Ward was fantastic. I guess Turk figured out guns are much more profitable than weed. And I loved Ward giving Turk golf tips at the end. I'm thinking Colleen will reopen the dojo to the surviving members of BB's crew at the end of the season. What's Mary's beef with Misty in this episode? Why does she knock her out at the end? In terms of Mary, I think she's knocking Misty out so Misty's kind of protected uh, for the uh, impending battle against Davos so that Misty doesn't turn her into the cops or uh, or doesn't get hurt by Davos. I think that's the only reason. It's not that she has a particular beef. I think she's just going to stick her in a safe place for a while until uh, she's taking care of her beef with Davos. Hopefully she's not waiting too long in the uh, in the building for Davos to return because Misty might not have any water and food. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or we're going to get a, a Misty-shaped hole in the wall. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, and yeah, totally agree with you, Celine, that that scene with Turk Barrett, again, bringing great stuff to the show. Loved these scenes with Rob Morgan. Uh, he gets some great moments in, these, in the shows. Thanks so much for your feedback, Celine. Thanks so much for listening, fellow Defenders. We'll be back with our next episode, episode 10 of season two, A Jewel of Iron. Should be coming out really soon. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again then. Thank you so much, guys, and see you soon. As always, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, fellow Defenders, and we will be back again soon, just as soon as I have uh, cleared up this floor that is slick with disloyal blood. Yes, Davos has been in the house. Uh, Okay, we'll speak with you again soon. Bye.